welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is derek clifford from elevate equity welcome derek hi how are you today yeah, i'm good thanks for being on the show thanks for having me a little bit about Derek. Derek Clifford is a successful single and multifamily real estate investor acquiring 18 units out of state while in his first year of acquisitions while working a full-time job. He's also the founder and CEO of Elevate Equity, a firm that partners with individuals and companies to purchase, improve, and operate cash-flowing multifamily apartment real estate. Derek published his first book in August 2020 entitled Part-Time Real Estate Investing for Full-Time Professionals. He's helped many people start, maintain, and grow their portfolios to achieve their own financial independence with that Derek would you like to add anything to your background that pretty much sums it up thank you very much for reading that awesome so how did you get started into real estate and multifamily yeah that's a great question so getting started in real estate in general I kind of fell into it by accident I write all about this in the book but basically we ended up taking an underwater condo that my wife had owned she bought like a month before the crash we rented that out because we couldn't sell it and then it got my my brain thinking about how we can do this more intentionally. So from there, we started to go into bigger pockets and started to research more about how to do this on purpose. And I started with single families, knowing that my full objective would be to start investing in multifamily later. So my strategy was to simply buy as many single families as I could up to the 10 properties that Fannie Mae allows you to get in your personal name. <laughs> and then that way it would give me some time to figure out uh, how multifamilies worked. And then from there, I got my first multifamily and we've been off to the races ever since. Yeah. So you're working as full-time and how are you managing your time to invest in real estate and multifamily? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that consistency is key and I do what's called time blocking. Hopefully most of your listeners and uh, many investors out there who are just starting out understand what that concept is. But generally what I do is um, back when we were going to the office, but this is the coronavirus age. So that's a little bit less, uh, a little bit different now. But um, what I would do is I would come into the office at 7 a.m. when everything starts at 8 and I would use my time in the office one hour early to just purely focus on my real estate investing. And then sometimes I would also use my lunch hour as well. So all that meant was I would get in before traffic, you know, and then I would just work two hours a day on my real estate uh, during the week. And then on the weekends, I would have my focus time, my study time and my learning time. Awesome. So how your full-time experience helping you in multifamily investing? Yeah, another great question. In my full-time work, I'm a project manager, so it makes me become more organized and focused. And also, I know how to use electronic tools and email, um, and you to, I understand how to use that efficiently. And so you can kind of, if you work a W-2 job, you can take whatever skills that you're good at and kind of shift your investing style towards that. Like, I love writing emails and texts and everything in the written word and sending attachments and doing all that. But if your work is more in the spoken field where you're doing sales um, or talking on the phone, then that works also, you can do most of your business talking. But for me, I like writing stuff down, doing analysis, spreadsheets, sending emails out and copying stuff and getting in the weeds. So that was my approach. That's how I was able to translate it. 
Awesome. So congratulations on publishing book. So why you wrote that book and who will benefit? Yeah, thank you for asking that also. So the book is called Part-Time Real Estate Investing for Full-Time Professionals. And it's exactly as it sounds. <laughs> I got the book out there because I kept getting so many questions from people who are interested in what I was doing, but didn't know how I was doing it with a full-time job. And so, you know, after you talked about a dozen or two people about what it is that you're doing, I started repeating myself over and over again. And I figured, that, all right, hey, you know, now it's time for me to put this all in a book so that any questions that anyone has about starting to invest in real estate as a full-time working professional, specifically W-2s, you could just refer to the book that has everything that I would ever talk about and all the tips that I could recommend um, to get people going. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. So Derek, like what markets you are focusing and what is the reason? Yes. So I love Indianapolis. Indianapolis is fantastic because I, first of all, I have my portfolio out there and it's a very strong cash flow market, weathers financial storms well, and it's got a lot of diverse economies in, in that region. There's healthcare, IT, there's uh, logistics and shipping, all kinds of good stuff out there that is a hallmark of a really healthy economy and a healthy market to be participating in. Another market that I really like is San Antonio. I like San Antonio just because Texas right now is just doing amazing. It's doing a great job at attracting a lot of people. So there's a lot of demographic trends that are pointing in favor of Texas. And San Antonio is one of the, it's actually the last of the four power cities I like to call, you know, San Antonio and then Dallas and Austin and Houston that uh, has yet to see an uptick in price. So I really, really like that market. So I want to try to leverage that one. And then the final market that I'm looking at is Colorado Springs. Denver is so close to Colorado Springs, but the, the cap rates and the prices are lower. So Colorado Springs has a really unique mix of appreciation and cash flow in it that I'm just really, really enjoying looking in right now. And so I'm doing my due diligence and, and studying up on those three markets, but that's where I'm focusing right now. Great. So what is your acquisition strategy? So for acquisition, I have certain criteria because I'm doing syndications and you know I'm raising capital for investors to hop into an apartment building with me. I'm looking for 8%, 7 to 8% cash and cash return average over five years. And then of course, 15% IRR or internal rates of return. Just looking for general um, cash flow and appreciation. And really what I'm trying to do is help find a place for investors to deploy capital so that when inflation comes, which I believe is inevitable in this economy, we're printing trillions and trillions of dollars in the matter of a month or two. I want to be able to give investors a place to shelter that and also have um, reduced risk as well. So really, I'm looking for risk leveraged properties, properties that do well in the face of COVID-19 and the shifting economic landscape. Great again. So would you share how you acquired about 18 units property? Yes, absolutely. So when I first got started in Indy, I had a wholesaler that I was using to buy a bunch of my single family homes. And when I went out there, I went out there with a few guys uh, from my local area, from California. We flew out to Indianapolis and I introduced them to all of my contacts. And when we went to the wholesaler who I had done business with before, we mentioned that we were looking for multifamily and we wanted to scale up. And so they gave us an address of a multifamily property that just came in. It's off market. Like they had it literally hit their desk a day or two ago. So we drove by it and uh, we said that we were interested 
in taking this down. And they told us that the price was $350,000 for an 18-unit apartment complex in Indianapolis. The catch was it needed quite a bit of work. And at the time, we didn't really know how much it needed. But nonetheless, we're able to, to close the deal and we worked through stabilization and got everything all rehab. So that's how that went. We just used existing contacts that we've done business with before on a much smaller scale and uh, just extended out that relationship to leverage something into leverage it into something bigger. Okay. Is that 20K per unit? I'm sorry, 20,000 per unit? Yeah. So yeah, it was very cheap. Yeah, it was about that much on, on acquisition, but we ended up putting like somewhere around seven or $800,000 into it. So we put quite a bit of money into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like 28K per unit. Yes, it's very, very cheap. Okay. So on what kind of challenges you faced in acquiring or managing that property? Oh man. So <laughs> when we got the property, like there was a whole bunch of tenants in there that weren't the tenant class that we really wanted to have in the property. So we had to go through evictions. Um, we had to go through vandalism because people were upset that we kicked them out. Uh, but we needed a blank canvas in order to turn this building around because the way the previous owner was running it just wasn't working. And so we had problems with plumbing. We had problems with electrical. We knew the roof needed to be fixed. So we, we were on that. Um, and we knew we, did, we needed to do flooring. But some of the things like windows and drywall really, really surprised us. And so it, um, and also we did electrical submetering as well. We installed meters for every single unit. And that cost was much, much higher than we thought. So it was tough in the fact that, you know, we had a certain rehab budget that we had in mind and it, it far exceeded that. So we just had to find the money to make it happen, you know. Yeah. So did you renovate all the units? Yep. Everything was renovated. This is actually one property where there's commercial spaces on the bottom. So we were able to leave those empty until we found some commercial tenants who knew what they wanted to bring into the commercial space. So all the residential units on the top, yeah, we completely gutted out, put in new appliances, new flooring, new paint, redid the plumbing, put in windows, and basically new AC system, everything. Okay, great. So how long it took to renovate all 18 units? I would say it took us the better part of a year. Okay. Yep. And like, so what is your current focus on share something you're excited about now? Yeah. So my current focus is really, really is getting on underwriting and networking right now. This is the perfect time to do that. So in order to do that, I'm, I'm trying to put as much media as I can be involved in social media on LinkedIn and also get my website more up to speed uh, so that that way I can help attract more investors and try to uh, really, really showcase how we add value and also build building my network out on the broker side, continuing to work with them and underwrite properties. So I'm just really trying to um, find properties and also find investors to add value to those properties. So yeah, working on both of those right now. Yeah, awesome. So one advice that impacted you. I see. So what I would say, especially for those who are just starting out in multifamily investing or even in single family investing, is that you've got to shift, you know, because when I was starting out, my mindset was like, I've got to find something that's going to cash flow a million dollars from the beginning and get something going that's profitable from day one. But that just is not realistic when you're starting out, you know. As soon as I shifted my mindset from saying, okay, I'm going to try to hit this out of the park on the very first go. I really shifted my brain to thinking, okay, how, like, what do I need to know in order to succeed? I need to get into a property and actually do something. So as long as I am reasonable with my risk and, you know, I'm not jumping into a very bad investment, but as long as I'm going into something that's decent, it's going to give me experience and knowledge so that I can learn. And that's your real payout when you're getting started. Either if you're in multifamily or in single family, just getting going is the most important thing. So you've got to take action because you don't even know what you're going to learn on the other side of that action until you actually do it. So right. So any of your personal habits that helping you to be successful? Yes. So I would say that 
my, I have a tendency for extroversion. So I really like uh, talking with new people and I like networking. So that's really helping me. But at the same time, I also love putting together spreadsheets and analysis. And I think doing those things, having a little bit of both of those is going to help you out a lot because, you know, on, on the extroversion side, you're able to network more. And really when you network, that's how your net worth grows is by, you know, being more connected and getting more knowledgeable about all the opportunities that's out there. Um, and you only do that by talking with people. And then also being savvy on the underwriting side and the analytical side, uh, because I'm an engineer by my degree, but a project manager by profession and real estate investor by uh, passion. <laughs> I would say that um, having analytical skills is really important to understand the, the performance of an investment and evaluating whether or not it's, it makes sense to purchase. Yeah. So any one book that impacted your life and what way? Yeah. Oh man, there's so many good books. Obviously, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is is one that's probably been stated over and over again on almost every podcast, but it's, it's worth stating that again. Uh, but I would say the one thing by Gary Keller um, has been in, extremely influential in my life, as well as uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. So I think those three books are pretty much all you need to, to soar. Cool. So how are you giving back to community? Yeah. So my wife and I, we like to give back to a local monastery, you know, to support uh, Buddhist education, uh, because that's kind of where our background comes from. So we just like to support that effort and it just makes us feel good. Cool. How can listeners can connect with you? Yes. So I welcome everyone to go to our website, um, which is elevateequity.org. Or of course, you can start with uh, going to the book and the book is part-time real estate investing for full-time professionals. And you can do that just by searching for it on Amazon. But I will also add too that if you want to schedule some time to meet with me or talk about more about how we can help you or just in general, if you want to learn more about getting started, um, then you can go to my website and schedule time to talk. Um, I have a Calendly link there for people to click on so that they can find a time that works best for us. Cool. Thank you, Derek. I really enjoyed the conversation. I did too. Thanks, Rama. I really appreciated this and I had a blast. Thank you. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.